Okay, so it's the 15th of June, uh, day 712 of lockdown, and man, it's been, man, it's been a long couple of weeks. Uh, it's felt like years, um, and the news is up and down for every story of uh, Minneapolis Council. Uh, promising to disband their police department, we have two young black men being literally lynched in the year 2020. Uh, we've got a leak uh, in the UK press that, uh, that uh, uh, transgender rights are actually going to be rolled back at the same, but then today the Supreme Court voted uh, down, uh, uh, surprisingly voted down, uh, voted in favour of uh, protection of LGBT rights uh, uh, for healthcare in America. So, uh, and uh, for like protections that stop people getting fired just for for being gay. So that I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> is my main thing, uh, and this was always sort of a, you know, these audio logs, not a podcast, uh, I had somebody compliment me on my, another person, another stranger on the internet compliment me on my uh, podcasts and uh, again, I really, I really wanted to just react, not a podcast, but uh, he was quite heartfelt so I decided not to, um, again, uh, these were always meant to just be a place for me to, you know, work for my own brain. I wasn't expecting so much stuff to happen. Like uh because we we were a couple of, we were a couple of weeks into lockdown. Uh like a month into lockdown when I started doing these and not much had really I hadn't really thought of it much apart from lockdown. And the whole point was to be like, hey, here's stuff that I enjoy, here's stuff that I love that I would like to talk about or here's something that came unbidden into my brain. Uh I'd like to talk about it in an unfiltered, uncensored, and unedited way. <laughs> and then a bunch of stuff started happening, um, <laughs> as the world is wont to do. I'm still figuring out a lot of that. Like, surprisingly, I haven't, I haven't solved the problems of transphobia and, and systemic racism. Weird that. Uh, <laughs> Although my obsessive brain does say, does try, keep trying to say it, like, oh, you, you should, you should fix this. I'm like, this is a, I can help. I can, you know, uh, donate, sign petitions, whatever, but I can't fix anything. And that's a huge thing for someone with OCD to be aware of, that you don't actually control the world. Um, <laughs> what I do control is being able to take steps back and look after myself, which is something that a lot of my friends have been really good at, uh, <laughs> and family have been really good at uh, being in touch and saying and reminding me that that's an important thing to do. And there has been some things that have, uh, like, there's been a couple of things, like, completely, because, like, unrelated, I started getting into the habit of theming these, uh, like, I'll go, oh, I'll talk about time travel, oh, I'll talk about Angel, and I will talk about Angel. At some point, that's not today. 
<laughs> if you were here to, to hear more uh, about the television spin-off Angel uh, I'm so sorry this is not an Angel uh, this is not a show a show See, this, this, I've run into a serious problem by forcing myself to not call these podcasts because uh, there I always want to go this is not a podcast about Angel but it's not a podcast at all um, I just want to talk about some other stuff that's been filtering through um, first of all uh, I want to talk about the TV show uh, I May Destroy You and I had to pause there because every time I go to talk about the show I May Destroy You I almost always ac- uh, like I have to stop myself so I don't accidentally say this will destroy you. <laughs> this will destroy you. Or uh, a Texas-based uh, post-rock band. Um, uh, who, who, whose first couple albums I quite liked. Uh, they were very sort of post-rock, shoegazy, very sort of um, explosions in the sky. And I love explosions in the sky. Uh, if you're not listening to explosions in the sky. You should go and listen to Explosions in the Sky right now. Uh, which says a lot about This Will Destroy You that I immediately go to a different band that I prefer. But anyway, I'm not talking about This Will Destroy You. <laughs> I'm talking about I May Destroy You. Which is, uh, I think it's a BBC HBO co-production. Um, which, is, which started airing like last week. Uh, written by, starring, uh, co-directed by produced by, you know, multi-hyphenated by uh, Michaela Cole, uh, who did uh, Chewing Gum, a TV show that nearly everybody who has seen it and has talked to me about it has highly recommended it to me, and I've annoyingly not watched it for the stupidest reason, which is that in the UK it is on four, uh, the f- uh, all four, the Channel 4, uh, on-demand service, and that has adverts, so I hate watching stuff on it. If it's not on Netflix or Amazon or Now TV, I struggle to watch it because I don't like adverts. I, I w- but uh, I will watch it from now. I definitely will watch it now because I May Destroy You is uh, it's incredible. Um, it's a weird thing to talk about being a sort of like escape from stuff because it's it deals with some really heavy subject matter. Like it it it's it's a show about sexual assault, um, and also about it's so interesting because it's four episodes in on the BBC, and you can watch it all on the iPlayer. And it's so well, like so well written. Uh, and it feels like such a weird um, compliment to give to a TV show, but it is like the script the. The scripts are so good. Like each episode is like a perfect half-hour episode of television. Like it's it's definitely designed as that. You get a lot of Netflix shows, especially that are like feel like really long films that have just been arbitrarily cut up, you know, into into chunks. Whereas these are clearly half-hour episodes of television. Uh, Michaela Cole, I think, started out as a playwright. Uh, I think chewing gum was originally a play, so you can sort of tell that like the sort of the focus of each episode is so good, and it's it's so interesting as well because it's about it's about a young woman 
who gets her drink spiked and uh, sexually assaulted. Like, that's not a spoiler, I don't think, because they've been very upfront and talk about it, and I feel like we should be upfront about this, these things, you know, because uh, <laughs> in terms of content warnings. But it's also about it touches on, like in the subplots in, e in each of the four episodes so far, it touches on other issues of consent and uh, it's not heavy handed about it, like it's just there, like stuff happens here going, I mean that's not, like the stuff, stuff happens that isn't as obviously terrible as the sort of assault that is the driving, that is the drive of the series. There's so much other stuff where it's just like looking into the the culture around like consent and what counts as sexual assault and what does that actually mean and it's so interesting uh, I'm very lucky that I've never been a victim of sexual assault uh, and I have nothing but love and support for anyone who has and this show is I think it's I hate to describe a show as important but it's just so well it's so good and Michaela Cole uh, is, is such an incredible actor like I've not seen her in anything really before this uh, a couple of episodes of Black Mirror I think and, uh, and obviously chewing gum was her big breakthrough but it, she's so incredible in this and it's so well written and so it's just so good watch it is what I'm saying uh, and it, like although with the warning that it is heavy it is like make sure you're in the right place to watch her yeah on the completely opposite end of the spectrum in every possible way another thing that has brought me is sort of I've enjoyed this this past couple of weeks is uh, okay I'm not a fan of sports this is a fact uh, I don't watch sports I watch gymnastics uh, because I find uh, the actual art of it really fascinating and really enjoyable to watch uh, but in terms of team sports like the the big team sports that people watch I've never I can't get into them part of that is the culture around them part of that is that uh, this weird relationship with the idea of competition uh, I hate when I win I hate when I lose because uh, <laughs> if I lose I'm like oh, I should have won uh, and if I win, I'm like, ah, oh, God, I feel like a dick for winning. Uh, and yeah, I love board games. Uh, th that's a whole thing we can get into later. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as if you're my therapist. Uh, I have talked to my therapist about it. It's confusing. Don't worry about it. But, so I don't watch sports. But what I have been watching... Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so a couple of years ago... I saw uh, a marble sand rally and I loved it. It was one of the it was a viral video. Lots of people saw it. Uh, 
uh, it was just really fun. Marbles rolling out a thing in a race. And I was like, that's really cool. I didn't think anything of it. And as not long after the lockdown started, I saw other people share other like sand rally videos, or like uh, like with marble races, and I was like, oh, that's really fun. And then on last week tonight, John Oliver did a, a segment on uh, Yelly's marble runs about how it was the the sport to watch during lockdown, and I. I laughed and watched it and went, yeah, this, this seems ridiculous. And then, uh, like, last, a couple of weeks ago, you were last week or the week before, time has no meaning, I uh, I watched all of Marbula 1, which is, yeah, these Marble Runs versions of, a uh, version of Formula 1, so it's a bunch of marble races, and last year's uh, Marble Olympics, uh, now known as the uh, I think it's the Marble Games as it's now known as because uh, the Olympics committee don't like it when things are successful with the name Olympics. They're very or even, like they're very litigious about it. Which you know, fair enough. They <laughs> fair enough, I suppose. But they can be right next about it. Um And I gotta say I know it's a bandwagon that I'm jumping on. But it's so good this guy, yeah, is a Dutch guy, uh, him and I think it's his brother, they, he mainly, builds these, like, he does this thing, he's, he builds these marble, like, d- like, runs, as they called, so, like, you can see them on his channel, you can see some of the ones that are just, uh, like, in, like, <laughs> marbles, like, hitting over dominoes and, like, you know, it's got that. It's got the feel of a domino rally kind of thing. Like this marble hits this marble, which then sticks off this, which then moves this. But then when it's turned into a sport, and it has a, a commentator, an American, he's had a Formula One commentator apparently. His name's Greg something, and he's what I think he's what makes it because these marbles are treated like athletes, so they're talked about like. They've been strategizing, and uh, they've been training for this event. Uh, um, like that, it's like, oh, he'll be disappointed with. He'll be really disappointed with his performance here. And I cannot stress to you enough that these are marbles. They, <laughs> and it's so delightful, and it's so like well done, uh, like. They create when they they create uh, lo- they create stands with loads of marbles on it, watching the events. Um, currently there's a, a a sort of a sponsored like thing called the the last marble standing, uh, sponsored by Cravendale Milk, and uh, <laughs> it is watched over by the Duke and Duchess of Cravendale um, <laughs> from a royal box. Uh, and like they'll have like he'll have things like um like pitch invasions by marbles running on to like get involved and stuff like stuff that happens in real sports and it's just and if we, I, I didn't even real uh, like so I watched Mar- Marble One and then I watched uh the Marble Olympics twenty nineteen and I got so into it uh <laughs> oh I uh. 
I picked uh, the Midnight Wisps as my, my as my team because that's the other thing. You sort of pick a team, right, to support because that's how sports work. I picked the Midnight Wisps because they're sort of like a dark purple, or as close to a dark. Purple. They're like really, they're like dark with like blue mist in it, right? Uh, I won't spoil it because you can go and watch these, but uh, I will say it's tough being a Midnight Wisps fan at the moment. Uh, it's not as tough as being like a Limers fan, but. Uh, yeah, but and but then I, I sort of read up on it. If you go on the Reddit, <laughs> like the teams have like backstories and biographies, like they've been written for them. <laughs> the history it goes back because he's been doing this for like years. Uh, like so, the rallies have each rally each uh, the rallies uh, which are the, the individual races have uh, like their own. Um, Backgrounds and stuff, and he's been doing them longer. But then, like since, like, but the <laughs> what is though the Marvel games? The Marvel Olympics is so, yeah. But the the next uh, Marvel, I think they're called the Marvel Games. The next one of those starts this this week. The the qualifiers are on the eighteenth, and I'm genuinely genuinely so excited. Like, <laughs> not much has brought me a huge like. Immediate, as much immediate joy as uh, watching uh, the Freshers, that who are one of the milk-based teams in the Cravendale Cup, uh, pull it back in the most recent event. Uh, genuinely, that made me happy. I was like, "Yes, well done, well done, Doctor Fresh is really coaching them well." It, you get so into it. It's so stupid, and I love it so much. And finally, the other thing, the last thing that's been sort of um, really helping me, and I think genuinely helping me, is a song. It's a song by uh, a band called uh, Hooray for the Riff Raff. I say band. I think it's uh, it's more it's sort of more of a it's, it is a band, but it's like driven by a woman named uh, Alinda Lee Segarra. Um. And they've got a song called uh, Palante off their last album, The Navigator, uh, which came out in 2017. And I first heard this song um, in the soundtrack for the HBO series uh, Sharp Objects, which, uh, by the way, you should you should also watch. It's fantastic. Amy Adams and Patricia Clarkson basically trying to win all of the Emmys together. Uh, but this song, uh, Palante, plays in it. And it's interesting to me that it was like, because I sort of like heard it there and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And eventually it sort of got stuck in my head. And I went and sought it out later. And uh, it is a song, uh, like say from this album, The Navigator. And the, the Navigator is a concept album about a young woman who sort of goes to sleep for 40 years and like wakes up and a... Uh, and even more divided in a city that's been divided along like racial lines and segregation lines and it's uh it's like a a a, a, a microcosm of, of America right uh, because Linda Liscara is a, a, an American she's from Brooklyn and she's uh, a Puerto Rican heritage and like and and in writing this album she went back to Puerto Rico. Uh, I say back to Puerto Rico. 
she went to Puerto Rico. I don't think she'd ever been there before, but where her family's from, and like learned a lot about the history there. And uh, so this song, Palante, is uh, the, the the word Palante, or I say word. It's like a a Spanish term. It means like sort of is onwards and or forwards, like go onwards, go forwards, and it comes from a um. Let me get. Let me remember this. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, the slogan of what are they called. Uh, a group called the the young young lords, is it? Who were a Puerto Rican sort of activist group in the I think seventies. Um. And it, so this word, this term, palante, means onwards, forwards. Like, and the song is so. The song is. A revolutionary song, in a lot of ways. Like it's a song, like it literally is a sorry, like a song about a revolution. But it's not, which is probably one of the reasons why I've latched onto it so much at the moment. But and it's, it's about this fantasy, this sort of, sort of, fictional city world. But it also like it features. Um, there's a point in the middle where there's a that plays a recording of a poem called the uh, Puerto Rican obituary. I cannot remember the name of the writer. Uh, oh, uh, it's um, Pietri, Paolo or Pedro Pietri. Uh, Pedro, I think. Um, and so, like, it's clearly tied into the history of Puerto Rico and uh, the oppression that Puerto Ricans have faced, especially. Uh, and like especially in like from uh, which is relevant obviously considering uh, America's failure to help Puerto Rico after recent events you know Um, so it's obviously about that but it's also about this fictional city right and this thing and it's also just to me, it's been really helpful as a, just a, a rallying cry to myself uh, and to the world, right? It's a lot of it is about, it's like for the dreamers and the fighters, Palante, uh, for all of us. Essentially, it's, it's like a, a list of like, she basically lists a bunch of like people like, uh, <laughs> For you and me, for Landy, essentially, like it's this whole idea of, look, things are tough. Things will be tough. Things have been tough, but we can always move onwards and forwards. And uh, when Ellen, when Linda sings that, like she belts it out. The music video was gorgeous as well, and there's live versions which. Uh, brought me to tears. Sorry, um, <laughs> you know, it's like choked up just thinking about that. There, but it's just such an incredible piece of music, and every time I listen to it, it it's a lot of revolutionary songs are quite rightfully angry, right? Like a lot of polemic around revolution is understandably and importantly angry but there's something so incredible about 
hope, right? The idea that uh, we can move forwards. And that doesn't have to be like, it's not a lateral forward move. You know, that's a, that is a, a, a symbolic forwards. You know? And, I don't know. It's just an incredible, incredible, incredible song. And I, I've been listening to it pretty much every day. For the past few weeks. And it always, it always fills my heart with hope. Which I think is an incredibly useful thing to have. Okay, so stay safe, stay well, stay at home, stay educated, stay informed, keep fighting. Uh, onwards, forwards, palante. And I'm. Um, Gold Midnight Wisps. My name is Marjorie. Thank you very much. And goodbye.